0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Hello and welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series, the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of facesoftbi.com dot com and your host. Today I'm going to be chatting with Lee Ankrum about cranial sacral therapy and brain injury. This episode is brought to you by Integrated Brain Centers. Located in Denver, Colorado, Drs. Shane Stedman and Perry Maynard are experts in functional neurology and treat complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years of combined experience, they are leaders in helping patients who are suffering from post-concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, headaches, dysautonomia, and more. For your free consultation, you can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. Hello, I'm Amy Zalmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and author of Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal, available on Amazon. Additionally, I'm editor-in-chief of the Brain Health Magazine, and you can get your free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. You can learn more about me and the podcast at FacesofTBI.com, and you can follow me on Instagram at Amy Zellmer. I also invite you to join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today, my guest is Lee Ancrum, and she is the founder and director of the Ancrum Institute, and is a cranial sacral therapist and bodywork practitioner with 34 years of experience in teaching and private practice. Her ability to bring decades of experience and education into a synergistic whole is the basis of the institute's curriculum. After training around the world, she brought together multiple systems and styles into one comprehensive program. Her knowledge of anatomy and physiology is deepened by her holistic understanding of the body's organizing principles. By teaching manual therapy with myofascial work, visceral manipulation, and cranial sequel therapy, the Ingram Institute trains students to become holistic, integrative practitioners. It is a fundamental change in body work that brings brings body systems together, practitioner and client together, and teaches it and student together, fostering true partnership that leads to increased wellness. And this is what Ingram believes is the future of healthcare. Welcome to the podcast, Lee. So very happy to have you here. Oh, thank you, Amy. I'm happy to be here. So, Lee, why don't we start by getting a little bit of your background of how you came um, to work with brain injury survivors what led you here well you know
0: anybody that does cranial sacral therapy eventually is going to be they're going to experience working with somebody with some traumatic brain injury or something if you're doing it and you're doing it as part of you know cranial is part of your practice they will they will come across your door they definitely will Mm -hmm. so You know, the longer I've done cranial, I started doing cranial sacral therapy in 1990 and then started teaching in 91. So I've been doing a long time. And the the longer I've been doing it, the more I am referred to, people refer to me, clients that need, that have traumatic brain injury, that have concussions, you know, all of those kind of dynamics definitely get... Uh, referred because of the level of experience, of knowledge, and education, and so forth. So I've been doing it a long time, and the longer I've been doing it, the more difficult the cases are that get referred to me.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, maybe we should just sort of break down and define, is cranial sacral therapy? Um, I think there are people listening who maybe have never heard this term, and there may be people listening who have a misconception of what it is. Um, so okay. I think it would be great okay. for you to kind of give us an overview. Okay. I won't
0: take too much time, but I will definitely do that. The weird thing that most people don't know is the craniosacral therapy is part of the, ther- the groups of modalities that originated with, um, in the osteopathic tradition. So cranial sacral therapy was one of the main whatever guys. Uh, In 1890, Dr. Sutherland actually started looking at the skull and seeing the different movement patterns, and then that there were membranes underneath and the circulation of cerebral spinal fluid, and he began to understand that all of these bones, membranes, and fluids were all together, if there were issues within them and on the brain itself, then it started to change, you know, your personality. It started to create more stress, tension. It changed physiology. So that started in 1890. It didn't come out, so it was mainly being, you know, taught and used within the osteopathic world. And it wasn't until the early, late 1960s, 1970s, when one of the DOs in this country brought it out and began to teach it to um, PTs. And then he realized there's a whole world of other people, massage therapists and so forth, that would be interested in the cranial sacral. So here's the thing that I find is so difficult to kind of understand and grok a little bit, is the fact that the bones of your head, the membranes, the cerebral spinal fluid and the brain itself are all part of your autonomic nervous system, this auto-regulating system. So, because it's part of that, it's that the implications or the how do I want to say this is that the repercussions when something is going on in that system is goes through all the other systems of your body. So it's gonna it can change heart rate, breath rate, it can change, you know, it changes soft tissue, muscle tone, fascial tone, it changes your sleep ability, it changes your digestion, and then on the sort of psycho-emotional side, it it can take you into anxiety, anger, depression, um, panic, shyness, can't handle groups can't handle noises you know so it amplifies the more you have going on in your head in in any part of what i've mentioned is it's going to increase and amplify um, w- however, your system has its expression. For some people, it could be that they get really shy and they can't talk to others. For other people, the injury or these patterns in the head are going to make them more aggressive, more Type A, more intense. You know, more perfectionist. So there's ways that in which your system makes the interpretation of the injury. Y- you get my you get my gist.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. and, and the,
0: oh, o- go ahead. the other thing, I, I'm so sorry, Amy, but the other thing I really want to say, and I so want your audience to hear this, is that our bodies are cumulative. So what happens is whatever has happened to me, like an injury or something, is still in me and what happens is we start adding them up so your fall in 2014 that gave you your traumatic brain injury i would put odds on the fact that you had other things going on in your head that took you right over the edge and one of the really big beginning in things that really get us in the head weirdly enough is our birth so birth trauma is massive and it is hard to get out i'm telling you, and there is all all sorts of you know your head is getting you know kind of smished and and you're trying and you're trying and maybe it's it's a difficult birth, and maybe they use forceps or maybe they did you know reached in and turned you or whatever. So birth trauma is like the tends to be the first frontier of giving you some already trauma within your head and your brain first. So that is happening. So then what happens is is that I have maybe a concussion playing soccer. So I'm playing soccer and I head the ball and now I've added the 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 heading of the ball in soccer to my Birth trauma that I'm telling you, Amy, I've been in this field for 36, I'll start my 37th year in January. Birth trauma is massive. Then you add any other trauma on top of it or numbers of trauma, then your concussion and your TBI become, the, the symptomology becomes so much greater. So people don't understand that. They think it's the one thing, or, I mean, there is post-traumatic stress for those people who are veterans and so forth, but you're looking at cumulative effects that take you over the edge into having, like, these mass bigger symptoms, you know.
1: You know, it's so interesting that you bring up birth trauma. I I have had a conversation with my friends, And her daughter at the time was a teenager, and she was telling me how, um, and and she works for a brain injury organization, so she fully, you know, understands brain injury. And she's like, my daughter has, like, all the symptoms of brain injury, but she's never, like, had a bad Mm -hmm. fall or been in a car accident. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, how was her birth? And she's like, well, it's pretty normal. She's like, she was actually stuck in my rib cage. Her head was stuck in my rib cage, and she's like, it was painful Mm. for me. And when they when they they had to like pull her out, and they literally heard the pop from her head coming out of the rib cage. I'm like, there's your brain injury. And she was like, exactly. Huh. You know, and, like, things we, we've never been educated on before, right? Right. And so something right. that never crossed her mind. And then now what you're saying is you've had this birth trauma, potentially was also a TBI, but then, like, something minor could happen in life. Uh, you hit your head right. on a cupboard, right?
0: Right. Right.
1: Well, and, and the other
0: thing I, I say about this is that I interpret when you know people go oh your baby's just colicky oh no 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 i mm. interpret that mm-hmm. as birth trauma and what's happening is is the baby's way to exhibit that is to cry all the time and the other thing is is what is the baby what is a very what are the very common symptoms the common symptoms are the baby can't cry the baby can't settle i, I didn't mean cry can't sleep the baby can't sleep or mm. sleeps, only, sleeps only for an hour or something along those lines. So you're looking at that, that what we what is tossed off as yes I had a colicky baby but what is really one version of of injury to the head you could you, I don't know that I'd call it a TBI but I certainly would call it you know injury to the cranial sacral system that is going to produce those symptoms you know so yeah, and those hyperactive yeah. children. That you know, that's all in the same the way I always say it is it's in the same file folder. Okay? Yeah, So that's all yeah. in the same file folder. And all you have to add is a concussion later, you know? And mm-hmm. whoa, it becomes a traumatic brain injury. Do you know what I mean? What what mm-hmm. maybe the concussion would have been a concussion, which is not good but it might not have taken it to the step of something so traumatic like that.
1: It might have resolved quicker.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, it might have resolved quicker. But here's my thing on that, Amy, is you have an injury like that, say you have a concussion and you haven't had really bad birth trauma. So you have a concussion and then you get over it. All it takes, it isn't gone. It's only right. that it's receded into the background. Then I have another one or another something, and it's going to – you now have exponentially, like you've doubled what you had. And mm-hmm. what it's, then what happens is the symptoms turn on and stay on. So that's also what happens is the symptoms turn on and stay on. The more, the more injury – and you're right – Car accidents have that contra coup where the brain is whipping back and forth within it. So that's a, a mm-hmm. traumatic brain injury.
1: People don't recognize that,
0: you know, as, par, as part of that injury system. So I'm with you. Um,
1: so when I had my brain injury uh, in 2014, um, the neurologist and the doctor basically kept telling me, you know, there's nothing we can do for you, yada, yada, yada. Um, and at my one-year mark, the neurologist was like, well, this is probably the best you're going to get, maximum improvement or whatever that term is, maximum medical improvement. And um, I'm like, but we haven't done anything. I'm like, what, can we, like, can I get PT, OT, something? Like, I don't know. And she's mm-hmm. like, well, well, let's try craniosacral therapy. And I was like, Whatever. Um, And it was actually, so it's the only, up to that point, other than me doing yoga at home, it was the only therapy I had had. And mine was administered by a PT, who I believe he is a shaman. Um, He was phenomenal. Oh, cool. Cool. But the brain fog, it was the first time, so like the first two, maybe three sessions, I didn't really notice anything. You know, it wasn't hurting anything. So then the, the next time I went, I had all these tiny little click, 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 clicks happening mm, in wow. my skull. And mm-hmm. it was instant relief. It was like instant. This pressure just like released mm-hmm. from my head. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm sure mine's more of an, an extreme example, and I'm much more in tune oh. with my body than a lot of folks. But it was, it was incredible. It was the first three well, yes i had yes. in over a year.
0: Well, yes and no, because when somebody's got that much pressure and somebody's starting to relieve it, then, you know, the person inside will feel it. They will definitely feel it. So, yes, you were in an extreme condition, but other people who are in that, that place will also have experiences and stuff like that, definitely. What also mm. – so what happens – these injuries to our head is your brain which is like consistency healthy wise of like cooked liverish, will what it does is becomes it starts to feel like cooked uh, it, it, raw liver is what I meant to say so your brain is like raw liver and then each injury or each thing that happens to the head creates this cooked liver feel to the brain. It also tightens the membranes down and locks the bones in. So the pressure is definitely getting greater within the head. And that is what craniosacral therapy is going to do is if you have what sounds like you had a great one with this, the whole shaman thing is that, but if you have a good craniosacral therapist, what they're doing is, their hands have a deeper level of perception. And in that Mm. deeper level of perception, your head is telling the therapist what to do. So whether the first thing that has to happen is the release of the membranes or the first thing that has to happen is the release of the bones, but it is uh, also uh, to undo this is a cumulative process of backing off which is why those first three sessions most likely you didn't experience much. But then in your fourth session, boom, your system began Mm -hmm. to have, you know, help itself begin to release more and so forth, you know. So, you know, it's such a difficult body of work to describe because Mm -hmm. your your hands are light on somebody's head. But your perception, you know, the longer you do body work, the longer you do cranial sacral, the more you have a deeper level of being able to feel and perceive. So a really good cranial sacral therapist can actually feel what's happening in your midbrain, in your amygdala. That's part of your brain that really gets affected by trauma in your pituitary or your hypothalamus, or they have the ability to really sink in and begin to uh, feel all the structures of the brain. But, the, you know, what you're really trying to do as a sacral therapist is get the brain back to feeling fluid again. And what you're really trying to do is get the clamping of all the membranes to begin to let go and all of this is about getting, the biggest thing is getting the circulation of the cerebral spinal fluid that circulates around the brain and actually yes. within the brain back to, back to health, back to its circulating. Because these injuries will reduce it and really create a stilling in the head of that fluid. And that cerebral spinal fluid has got the highest, they call it liquid light, and it has the highest level of frequency and health in the entire body. So you want that circulating around your brain and within the brain. It's, you want that. That is what ultimately the, the craniosacral therapist is trying to do, is to get that back to this movement pattern, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, just cerebral blood flow, right, like, um, well, that's, that's part of the clamping down is
0: going to inhibit mm-hmm. the, the flow of the blood, of course. But I have to right. tell you that that's, I mean, blood flow is, is like, see, there's, there's these tenets about the body. And I've always taught. That the biggest thing that any body worker, whether you're a massage therapist, chiropractor, PT, anybody, is even though your modality may be to adjust bones or to move muscles, your ultimate goal is is that you're getting the fluids and the blood moving. So that is like ultimate because that's how, how your oxygen, your yes. nutrition to all of my tissues is happening. But the cerebral spinal fluid is almost like that spiritual light that that circulates around the brain and spinal cord. So they're they're kind of different things. You absolutely want that brain to have the circulation of blood and so forth, but you absolutely also need the cerebral spinal fluid doing its movement pattern as well.
1: And, you know, I mean, especially someone who has had a whiplash motion, right, mm. or any sort of neck trauma, right, mm-hmm. that upper cervical in particular with your injury, um, whether it was a car accident, a fall, you know, what, however it happened, um, but your chances of, like, having that blockage, right, like, exponentially go up um, and, and having... So it, does, it, it does, but, you
0: know, here's the interesting thing. You are 200% right. Is that in in the car accident and the whiplash, if or whatever happened with the head, is that you can get upper cervical stuff. But even bigger from a cranial sta- from a cranial standpoint is is this is crazy and and the cranial sacral practitioners most of them don't realize this. In a whiplash, the bone at the back of your head, your occiput, which is what your C1 is. They're are articulating together your first cervical, but your occiput goes higher. Your brainstem is actually coming through your occiput in a big hole, going into and becomes the spine going down. So what happens is is the occiput in a whiplash compresses, goes higher. Okay, it actually compresses the brain more and puts a clamp around the brainstem. And the brainstem is all of those automatic processes of your body, right? It's the reptilian brain. So you're going to get, you know, without even really probably knowing it, you're going to get respiration changes and sleep changes and digestion changes and pain level changes because it increases pain level. It just does all of these things that are part of your automatic functioning, now you have tension on this part of yourself that does that. So I'm a big one. Yes, C1 needs to be where it needs to be and be released. But bigger for me than that is the occiput, the back of the head. Because if you don't get the occiput in a released pattern, your C1 will keep – you may – move or release the c1 but as long as the occiput is going on it'll bring c1 out of place again so it will Mm -hmm. make c1 keep going wrong i don't even know what the word is i want you know in some kind of dysfunction yeah Yeah. so if i move if i move my c1 it won't make my occiput drop but if I drop my mm-hmm. occiput, it'll take the tension off of C1. Do you see, you understand what I'm saying? It's not reciprocal. It's like if the tension's above it, it's going to do something to C1, and C1 won't stay released. Mm,
1: I completely understand because I landed on my left occipital. So
0: There you <laughs> go. Took,
1: there you go. Yeah, it took okay. some of of my, my fall, yes. And I what had whole, horrible headaches. For several years until we could um, get it stabilized. Good, good, good. good.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, it, you know, depending on how much is going on in somebody's head is how long and, and also, there's also this other part of helping somebody through all these is, you know, somebody's belief system. Because in your head, you may mm. want to not be in pain anymore and be, you know, yes, I want you to heal me. But there's another part of us that has to be on board with it. You know, it's almost like your heart has to believe and be working with this too, you know, that says, yes, I'm ready to heal. Yes, I'm ready to change. You yes. know, And I believe I really believe we all walk the walk we walk. You know what I, you know, you know what I'm saying is yeah. We, and and look at you, Amy. Look at what happened to your life from coming out of something horrible like this that took you really researching, finding, going after to put put your life in the direction that it is. I would never want anybody to have a TBI. You know, never. But at the same time, for you. Look what it did! It created a life transformation, and so most people just want somebody else to do something when it does. They don't understand that they are part of the healing process. That each of us yeah. is part of our own healing process. And yes, you want to find a skilled practitioner and one who knows what they're doing and all of that. But we are we are a partnership in the in the climb back to health. You know. hmm
1: Yeah. And, you know, I've said this a thousand times, but it's like if you have – if you constantly are saying this sucks, I'm never going to get better, you know, this blows, I feel miserable, like you're not going to get better. You simply aren't when you are in that head space. You have to be able to learn how to shift your attitude. And I'm not saying, you know, toxic positivity, everything has to be like unicorns. You know, Mm -hmm. you're still going to have crappy days. But you have yes. to be willing to have the mindset of, okay, I'm going to get better. Yes. I can get through this. Um, that's I right. think that's so important. I'm glad you touched yeah. on that. Um, yeah, and you're, so and Lee, you're we are, not completely – oh, I'm sorry, Amy. Go ahead. I was just going to say, we're, we're just about out of time. And so I want to make sure we take a moment um, to mention how people can find you. And your website is just com. Um, which wherever yes. you're listening, there's a clickable link in the show notes. Um, and on your site, I see that people can pro- find providers who've been trained through you, through your institute. Yes. yes. Um, so tell us a little bit more about, you know, working with you or finding more information um, about your uh, clinicians. Okay. So one thing is, is that we
0: also have an Anchor Institute YouTube channel where I have done many videos on many different things in the body besides, you know, concussions and TBIs and stuff like that. So there's lots of different uh, YouTube videos from a minute to 45 minutes about all sorts of subjects. So there is that. I also have a Facebook page. Uh, We have an Anchor Institute Facebook page where there's little videos, but also I do write um, about different issues in the body, and so you you kind of have to wade through some of the uh, other stuff that's going on that we put out on our Facebook page. But I definitely write almost every day. I write something, so um, you might people might find that interesting. So the, our our uh, practitioners, the people who have graduated, you know, we've we've graduated uh, five classes now. So I've been teaching for 33 years, but we've only my Anchorman Institute has only been going since 2016, and it's an over-two-year program to get through. So we've only had five classes graduate, and um, there are mostly the practitioners, of course, are around us in Tulsa. I'm in Tulsa, and I have three of my phenomenal graduates, actually four now, phenomenal graduates who work with me at the office who see clients. We are all booked two, three months out in advance because we're really that good. Um, and, yeah, uh, that's but, what happens. Yeah, <laughs> that's what happens. And so what we have is people who, like we have a bunch of people who have come from Texas, from El Paso, and from Dallas and Houston and Las Vegas and Santa Fe who have graduated, but anybody graduated who's practicing is definitely on the list. And um, people ask me about people all over the country, and I'm so sorry. I just don't know a lot of other practitioners. I can only recommend those who have actually gone through the program because here's the other thing. I'll say this one thing and then I'll be I'll do it is when you begin to work on a body the body has the treatment plan. That's one of the things I way teach. Mm-hmm. The treatment plan is in the body, whether it's your head or whatever. And your head going on your head may tell you that I have to work your liver. So, you know, that's one of the things about me is my recommendations of practitioners are those who understand the workings and functionings and the interrelationships. You know, because one of the great things, one of the big reasons people have headaches without a TBI is because there's something going on with their liver. So that's why I'm not a one modality kind of person. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying that to you, Amy, just, just saying that, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the difference between us and other kind of teachings and practitioner, practitioners.
1: Well, Lee, this has been such a lovely conversation. You have just given us a lot of information to digest. Um, So wherever you're listening, you know, feel free to to re-listen to this podcast um, if you you feel like you missed anything. Um, But, Lee, thank you so much for being here today and sharing with us, um, again, such insightful information for anyone um, who's, you know, just – and I will also say it's a fairly – affordable modality and in my case it was covered by insurance um would wow. you agree wow. with that no no oh, yeah, was it not covered
0: Cause, cause you went to PT, cause yours was a PT who did it and mm-hmm. not somebody who's doing body work. If you have a PT, uh, I don't know, yes. I don't know what area you're in. Most, P- most PTs do not do cranial sacral, so you got very lucky. And so when you're doing body work, body work, you have, it's, it's normally out of pocket. If you have a health savings plan, they'll reimburse you, mm-hmm. but you know, for the most part, it's out of pocket yourself. But here's the deal is that you know, I just talked to somebody who spent like $400,000 with medical that was undone by three or four sessions with one of us. So, mm-hmm. you know, yes, it's out of pocket, but it, it's also like how are you comparing it against, you know, actually getting healed. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, what, right. what's your health worth, you know.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate you being here today and sharing with our listeners. Thank you, Amy, so much for having me. You take care, and happy holiday. Yeah, you as well. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Another big thank you to our sponsor, Integrative Brain Centers schedule your free consultation online and again you can find previous podcast episodes on most streaming platforms such as iTunes or Spotify and you can also find them directly at facesoftbi.com and be sure to follow me on Instagram at Amy Zellmer and join our private Facebook group Amy's TBI Tribe and if you're enjoying this podcast please consider supporting it for just five dollars through buymeacoffee.com slash Amy Z. Thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone, and I will see you in the next episode. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Oh, a book club.